0: So uh, I'm Joe Collins, I want to welcome you to Simi Church, and we are uh, going to jump into, back into our series called uh, About the Church, specifically Simi Church. I want to thank Josh Massey, our campus intern uh, last week, who did such a great job uh, reminding us that God's vision is always better than our vision. But as I said, I want to return back to our series entitled you know, About the Church. And I, want to, be go- I want, to, want to look at the last part of our mission statement, which is we are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. Sorry, not our mission statement, our belief statement. And so uh, we, we have this belief statement, and by no means is our belief statement everything we believe. It's just sort of a distillation of, of some of the core things that we believe, and it's foundational to what we believe. And that's why I thought it would be really important to take some time today and to, uh, and, and, and to kick off the new year with kind of reviewing what it is that we believe here at See Church. So there was this married couple, and they, uh, they uh, were waking up on Sunday, getting ready to go to church, and the... Uh, In the new year. And I want to actually make a small amendment to the belief statement going forward. So, as you know, in Acts 2, we have a a description of the events that took place in Jerusalem sometime in the late spring of 30, 33 AD on a Jewish holiday called Shabbat or Pentecost. A group of Jesus' followers were there in the city. They had gathered together when suddenly some miraculous things started happening. There was this loud, thunderous noise, there were these tongues of fire. There were these miraculous uh, uh, ability to speak in other languages. And in the midst of all this, a large crowd, many thousands gathered, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to make sense of this whole uh, affair. And Peter, one of Jesus' followers and one of his closest disciples, stood up, and he, he started quoting scripture to explain what it was that they were witnessing and experiencing. He said that Jesus of Nazareth was both Lord and Christ. And we dug into what that meant uh, a a couple of weeks ago. And the idea was that that Jesus is both both God and man. He's the God-man. He was the Messiah, the one that was promised that would come and rescue people from slavery to sin. And that his death, which occurred about seven weeks prior during the, the festival of Passover, was in part... Uh, They were partly responsible for his death, which occurred a few weeks earlier during Passover. Now, many of the people in the crowd made a connection to this part of of Peter's message. They, They knew Jesus, whether it was by personal action or by reputation. They had a connection to him, and they instantly realized that what Peter was saying was true. And so they asked, what do we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. And on that day, 3,000 people were baptized and the Christian church was born. Acts 2 is in many ways the founding document of the Christian church. And it's why we chose it as the basis of our statement of belief. I want to review our belief statement. At Simi Church, we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. In it, we learn that Jesus is Lord. He lived in sinless life, he died on a cross, and rose alive again. It is in this belief that we baptize repent people in his name for the forgiveness of their sin and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. Now, I spent a lot of time last week, or a couple weeks ago, focusing on the importance of baptism in Jesus' name and the forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit that are given as a result. But I don't want to leave you with the impression that baptism is the only thing we do in Jesus' name. Or that forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit are the only things that happen as a result. But that's a whole other lesson. We'll save that for another time. So going forward, I want to and at the same time shorten our mission statement. And instead of saying it is in this belief that we baptize repentant people in his name for the forgiveness of their sin and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I want to shorten it to it is in this belief that we do everything. I think that sort of summarizes Maybe, maybe encapsulates a little bit better of what it is that we believe at Simi Church. Because as Christians, we want to do everything in Jesus' name. It's not just baptism, it's everything. And it isn't only limited to forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's all kinds of blessings that come as a result of our faith in Jesus' name. That said, I want to jump into our lesson now for today. And I wanna talk about that last part of, the the last part of the mission statement, of our belief statement. We are a member-supported fellowship by people like me. So I have a question you don't have to answer, but maybe in your head. What immediately comes to your mind when you think, or you hear the phrase, member-supported? If you're anything like me, the first thing that popped into my head was money. And the truth is, you would be right. Giving financially to the congregation is one of the hallmarks of a member-supported organization. It it functions and relies on the offering that people give, the financial support. But that is not the only thing that is meant by the phrase member-supported. Supported, just like baptism, just like forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit aren't the only things that are received when we're baptized in Jesus' name. Well, member support isn't only limited to financial support. So what I want to do now is I want to finish Acts chapter 2 with a description, and in the the last part of Acts chapter 2, we have a description of what the early church with the first believers looked like in those very early days. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at many wonders and many, at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So we have this wonderful description of what the 3,000 and growing newly baptized members of the Jesus movement did for the rest of the Shabbat festival. And also what they continued to do when they returned home after the festival was over. And it's in this description that we, it is in this description that we have a, a picture or a starting point of what a member-supported fellowship looked like, at least in their context. And I think that description helps paint a picture of what it might look like in our context. And so let me give you a few of the highlights that I see in this passage. They were devoted. They were filled with awe. They had everything in common. They gave to whoever had need. They were together with glad. They ate together with gladness in your hearts. They praised God, and the Lord added to their number. What a description! What a great picture of what member-supported really should look like. And it's not only about money. The next few minutes, I want to take a closer look. I want to do a little deeper dive into each one of these little highlights that I've lined out. And I'm going to see if we can't draw out of them and apply to our context today some insights that might help us here in Simi Church become a member-supported fellowship or at least help us along our journey. Now I'm going to give my disclaimer. I know that whenever I get into application and I start talking about insight that I'm going to be venturing into areas of opinion. I'm not here to say, everything I tell you is thus saith the Lord. I'm merely trying to apply what we read here into our context today. My promise to you is that I'm gonna do my best to stay as close to the spirit of the text as possible, and at the same time, I'm gonna try to stay relevant to our context today. But as always, and I want you to hear this when it comes to application and it comes to areas of opinion, you are free to take what is helpful and leave the rest. Verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Right off the bat, the first... Quality or the first descriptor of what, of what the early church looked like and what a member-supported church should look like is it should be devoted. Yeah. But I want to make a qualification here because Peter in his sermon makes a qualification. We should be devoted to the right things. Think about this for a minute. If we aren't devoted to the right things, if there isn't something that's sort of keeping us in the boundaries, We can go off into some really weird tangents and we can get devoted to some really strange things. And that's not uncommon in religious groups for them to venture off into some pretty uh, uncharted, into some uncharted territory and come up with some crazy ideas. And they're really devoted to them. That doesn't make them right. So it's not just devotion. It's devotion to the right And what does Peter tell us are some of the right things? Well, right off the bat, he says the apostles teaching that's God's word, the word of God, the Bible. It's the anchor. It's where it all starts for us because it is what keeps us in the lane. It keeps us from venturing off into areas that we shouldn't be too concerned about or too devoted in. It starts right there with God's word. How often do you read your Bible? Again, the text communicates that the members were devoted. This isn't the minister or the ministry staff. This is the members. This is the everyday believer. They were devoted to the apostles' teaching, to sitting at the feet of, of, of inspiration, which in our context is the Bible. And to, to, for every member to have their own connection and their own relationship with the teachings, of Jesus how often do you read your Bible if it's not often then it's not often enough the second thing is they were devoted to the fellowship now in the context here the term church didn't exist yet at this point in the story of the early church but they did gather and they did gather frequently And when they gathered The parallel to us is church. We come together when we gather, and we gather at church. I'm not ruling out other kinds of fellowship, but primarily what's in view here is when they come together as a group. You know, that's something we should be devoted to. It's very strange. I find it strange anyways. But every religion in the world has, as one of its foundational principles, meetings. I don't know why that is. It's just very interesting. But every religion meets. Well, no surprise here. The Jews met in the synagogues and at the temple before that. And the Christians, they followed suit. There was something about coming together (coughs) and gathering in Jesus' name that is important. It's something we should be devoted to. Did you know that the word here for devoted means to adhere to or to continue doing. Reading God's Word, attending church is something that we should adhere to. We should stick to it. And we should continue to stick to it. I have to admit, again, I'm making application here, as I have noticed in Simi Church, there is a tendency to let church become something we do, maybe something important, but we often will make exceptions. And I want to challenge you, as members of this church, to be devoted to the fellowship. Like you're devoted to God's Word, be devoted. Adhere to it and continue to adhere to it. Amen. It's important to regularly attend church. If you don't attend regularly, you aren't a regular. Breaking bread. Now this one. What are we talking about here? Is this a meal or is this what we just experienced in communion? community? Well, it's actually probably both. In the early church, when they gathered, it was common to gather and have a meal. And they did the meal in Jesus' name just like they did the gathering in Jesus' name just like they sat at the apostles' feet and listened to the words of God in Jesus' name. It was something that they did. They were devoted to it. And that meal, over the centuries, evolved into what we call communion. And what we do on Sunday morning is sort of a... I don't know the best way to put it, but it's sort of a nod to what they used to do. That doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. I don't know that we can effectively do a meal together every Sunday at church, although that might be something... We want to try one day that would be awesome but it's enough to do the, the breaking of the bread and the taking of the communion cup in jesus's name whenever we gather at church now it should go without saying that if you're not at church it's awfully hard to break bread and commune with each other and with god but communion as part of the gathering is something That we should be devoted to. Did you know. That taking time. To commune, To remember the death and life of Jesus Christ. Is essential to your spiritual well being. And if you're not doing it. You're not doing well spiritually. The Bible talks about this in later verses. It says some have fallen asleep or they're sick because they're not attending the fellowship and engaging in communion with each other and with God. The last thing he says that we should be devoted to is prayer.
1: I'm
0: not gonna say a lot here, it's very simple. Prayer is something that should be a daily priority in your life. If it's not daily, then it's not a priority. These four things, right off the bat, are the things that we should be devoted to, to adhere to, and to continue to do. Notice I didn't talk about how you vote. Notice I didn't talk about how you dress. Notice I didn't talk about how how you pray. I didn't mention how you sing. I didn't mention whether there should be a band or not. I didn't mention who you're dating. None of that, although those are important, are things that Peter said are the things we should be devoted to. We want to get those right. We want to get those things right first. We want to put those down because they're sort of the guardrails. They keep us on the straight and narrow and keep us from venturing too far into other areas that maybe we shouldn't get too deep into. They're not the only things, but they're the beginning. They're the foundational things. The next verse. He says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You know, the early Christians were awestruck by what they saw the apostles doing. Now, the Greek word here is phobos, and it means fearful, even terror. The point is, is that the apostles were performing legitimate miracles. These were not some sleight- of- hand or hocus-pocus or, "Oh, I have a sore leg, and now it's not sore anymore." These were legitimate miracles, and they struck terror into the fellowship. People were filled with awe, fear by these miracles. You know, I sometimes sometimes want to see a bona fide miracle. I'd love to be able to see, you know, someone go up and, you know, touch someone and their arm regrow. I mean, right there. I mean, that that would fill me with with a lot of awe. The problem with that, relying on that, relying on watching someone perform a miracle to fill you with awe, is is that once those miracles stop, so does the awe. You become dependent. So what I've learned is that there's something better than seeing or even wishing to perform a miracle. And that is seeing God perform miracles. What's great about that is God never stops performing miracles. So there's always something to be awed about. Every time a prayer is answered or a person comes to faith, it is a miracle. And the more I see things like that happening, the more I'm in awe of God. And it's especially cool when someone you pray for becomes a believer. Then you make the connection. And you feel that awe. Oh, I was a part of that. Many of you remember my friend Prakesh Dasaw. He was here last year. He's a brother who leads one of our mission teams in Calcutta, India. He's a missionary to the church there. He came and spent a few days with us. And then he preached on a Sunday with his wife, Joyce. We've become really good friends for Keshe and mine. We we keep in touch. Well after he was done preaching, he had to fly back to Calcutta. And before he left, we had some great time together. And I was telling him about mission love and about Oikos and about the, the idea of of praying for the people in your life and being, you know, and really committing yourself to identifying them, praying for them, investing them, inviting them, and preparing yourself for them. And he got really interested, and so I gave him the book, Eight to Fifteen, one of the one of the books that we've read about that idea. He called me 23 hours later. Now I did the math, that's how long it took to fly from LA to Calcutta, India. He called me when he got off the plane pretty much. And he said, I read the book on the plane. My wife is reading it now. It's awesome. We love it. We're super inspired. We've already started making our list and we've already started praying for the people on our list. Five days ago, I got this text from him. And it says, Hi, bro, how are you doing? One of the names on my Oikos list just called me and wants to study the Bible. God is good. Thank you for the book and the direction. Now, that is a miracle. That is something God is doing right now in Prakesh's life and whoever his friend is way over there on the other side of the world in Calcutta, India. And it's as a result of him going to God, turning his eyes on God, praying to God, asking for the miracle, and God answering the prayer. God is good. Prakesh is filled with awe. I was filled with awe when he sent me the text. Miracles still happen. You can still see them happen. And you can still be awed by that. You just have to look to God to see them happen. Amen. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Now, if this were true, it would be a pretty awesome miracle. <laughs> and in some ways, it is kind of true for us here at Simi Church, isn't it? I mean, look around. We are a diverse group of people. Some people like to say, oh, see me, it's not very diverse. Actually, it's fairly diverse. And we do have some diversity here. We've got tall people, we've got short people. Diversity. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, whenever you get so many people in a room with diverse backgrounds, and we're all striving for a common cause, even more importantly, a cause that's not really our own, jesus is that is a miracle it's pretty awesome i told you the story before my son kelly had a football coach and and after uh, every practice or a team meeting he would recap the things we were working on in order to make sure that everybody was on the you know in agreement that we were gonna we were gonna have common cause on these things he would use this line he would say same page and then the team would go same page and they would clap the idea was, is yeah, we're all in agreement here with the direction, with where we're headed. I'm going to embarrass some of you right now. But I'd like to ask for those of you who were in Mayan's barn five years ago. When we got together and we decided to launch CME Church, I'd like to ask for you to stand right now. You guys remember that we got together in that room, and we said, are we doing this thing or not? And we said, same page, and everyone said, same "Same page. page. We'll try that again. Same page? Same page. That's right. I want to thank you, every one of you, for being there and still being here today, building something in common cause with each other and with God. Because what's happened is Simi Church is a reality. God has done some amazing things. Stay standing. Now, I'm going to ask for everyone else to stand. We are coming up on five years, in just a month or two, of Simi Church's existence. And I'd like to ask all of you to join with me and those who were standing before you in common cause and make Simi Church your church, your family's church, and your neighbor's church. Paige? Same page? Same page. Go ahead and grab a seat. Now that I got you to agree to that, (laughs) verse 45 says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who has need. Now we're going to talk about money. Specifically, your money. And giving a portion of it to support the church. Now many of you know, when we started Simi Church, we had some seed money. A, 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 a very successful member of the church donated a large sum of money, and it gave us the opportunity to get Simi Church started and gave us a few years to keep the lights on until we could get it up and running. Well, very early on in our history, we decided to partner with Shoreline Church. That's why Logan, with the slip of the tongue, said, Welcome to Shoreline Church. He goes down there a lot to help out as well. And we kind, of, we kind of merged because they were going through a rough time. And what ended up happening in that merger is the money, that, that seed money we had, we began to burn through it twice as fast as a result. I'm excited to tell you that we have been trying to deal with that issue because now that we're burning through that money faster, the lights may not stay on much longer. Or that's the fear. We have time. I'm not trying to panic anybody. They're not turning off now. They turned off on us once a few weeks ago. You might remember, but that was just the power out of it. It wasn't, it wasn't related. I'm happy to tell you that in 2019, by the grace of God, he blessed us, and we were able to cut that burn rate in half. It's so exciting. It's thrilling to know that. But now I've got to tell you this it's still not gone we still have to reduce the, our reliance on that seed money because it's not going to be there forever and so here i am with my hat in my hand i don't have a hat but imagine a hat in my hand and i'm asking you as members of SEMI Me church or would-be members to consider giving a little more maybe you can increase your giving a week. Maybe some of you who have been only giving inconsistently throughout the year can start giving consistently. Maybe those of you who aren't really giving much at all or at all could start consider giving something. Maybe start with $15 a week, $20 a week. Every little bit when we add it up together makes a massive difference in that burn rate, so to speak, on that seed money. If we could, on average, Increase the giving by just $10 a week <coughs> per person. We would be truly self-supporting. I'm asking you to consider that as you think about 2020 and where you're going to go your, you know, your financial house and the commitments you're going to make to consider joining in and helping us make that goal. So there you go, we talked about money. Wasn't so bad, we're moving on. Because it's not the only thing that makes a church member supportive. Verse 46 says they were together with glad and sincere hearts. One of my most favorite lines in all of the Bible. Whenever I read it, I always think of a beer commercial. You know, minus the alcohol. But, you know, they're all around the table. Everybody's happy. They're toasting. They're having a good time. It just looks like that's where you want to be. You want to be a part of that group right there. Minus the alcohol. Instead of the alcohol fueling the good times, though, I believe it's that our time that we spend together that fuels our relationships. It's, it's just the time together. That may sound overly simplistic, but I really believe it. The more we connect with each other, the more we interact with each other, the more we're involved with each other, the more we have an affinity towards each other. The more we have good times with each other. My wife and I were out to dinner last night with a couple. We love them to death. We're trying to start a little supper club every couple months, can't do more than that because it's really hard to lose the weight afterwards. <laughs> we go out to dinner, we have a great time and then we see each other Sunday morning man it's it's a beer commercial all over again, ah it's great to see you no beer at church but it's a nice time it's the interaction, it's the connection, it's the involvement that creates the glad and sincere feeling I want to ask and I'm gonna embarrass a few more of you again. For those of you who serve in the church in any way that helps promote the feeling of glad and sincere and sincerity to stand up, that means if you lead a, a small group, a family group, if you lead uh, the EHD program, if you lead the FUSE program, if you lead the Marriage Dynamics program, if you serve as an usher, if you help with the setup on Sunday morning, if you volunteer in Kids' Kingdom. if you serve in any way or you lead any kind of program in your church, please stand right now because I want you to be recognized as people who are creating a culture of glad gladness and sincerity in our church, and I want to say thank you. <laughs> you can sit down. What you do is you create that beer commercial feeling by opening your home, by coming early, by serving, by whatever it is that you're doing. Because you're creating opportunity for people to participate and to be involved and to interact. Now I want to ask those of you who may not have been involved as much to consider joining one of the family groups if you have time or to consider consider participating in the HD program or marriage dynamics, or to consider serving on Sunday morning with the setup or with the takedown or helping your kids' kingdom. Get involved. There's a direct correlation between the involvement that you give and the joy that you receive, yeah. and the sincerity and the gladness that you experience. It becomes your church, it's member supported. I appreciate all the people encouraging me on how we organize the Sunday morning service and getting as many different people involved as we can, especially some of the younger people. I hate saying that because that makes me old. (laughs) But the truth is we have younger people and it's easy for us older people to sort of hog all the space and not give them opportunity. And so we're trying to find ways to give them as much opportunity as we can. And I appreciate every one of them for jumping in and serving because give it five, ten years, they're going to be in charge. And we're going to sit back and be crotchety and old and grumpy. Get involved. And the sincerity and and the gladness will multiply. They praised God and enjoyed the favor of all the people. You know, the early church was very vocal about their faith. Now, I'm going to spend more time on this next week because I'm going to get into our mission statement, love God and love neighbor, next week. But I do want you to know that as of today, we are officially live streaming our Sunday worship lessons. A great way for us to praise God to multiply the praising of God outside of our building here on Sunday morning it's a great way for those who may not make church on a specific Sunday for a reason not that we're going to make that regular amen but for a specific reason you can still connect and see what's going on it's a great way to talk to a friend who may be interested they can come and check us out that is how it works nowadays people don't go anywhere unless they check it out on the internet because the internet never lies <laughs> but we are we're doing that it's just one way in which we can praise god outside of the buildings here and to other people really around the globe if you can believe this we have been secretly live streaming our services we haven't made it official but word leaked out and people started checking in and at last count We've had 880 views today and 46 subscribers as far away as Romania, India, and Mexico. So I'm so fired up because I want to rewrite our little welcome statement to to match what K-Rock says. We're the world-famous Simi Church. That's what I want to call us. I want bumper stickers. The world-famous Simi Church. I want to thank the Philippi family, Sean, Monica, and the two daughters, Emma and Abby. They actually come early and they help set that stuff up. He's invested his own money into it. He's up there right now, and uh, you can turn around and give him a thank you. But I want to make a request of you. If you've been thinking about, I'd like to get more involved, talk to Sean. Because right now it's all him. Him and his girls. And he could use a partner when he's out of town, or maybe he gets sick. Someone else could fill in for him. Really? If you're interested, it's a great way to get involved and to feel that glad, gladness and sincerity in your life. And to do something awesome for God's kingdom and help praise God around the world. Amen. Amen? Amen. Finally, in verse 47, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You know, the early church was a member-supported church, and it was a growing church. In a very short time, that 3,000 became 5,000. Then it spread from Judea to Galilee to Samaria, and in less than a generation, it went all over the known world, the civilized world at the time. And just like Forgiveness and the gift of the Holy Spirit are given at baptism in Jesus' name. So are new believers the result of God blessing a member-supported church. My wife told me a story when she was younger. She was feeling insecure about her physical beauty. And she was telling her mom that she didn't feel pretty. And my wife, if you know my wife, is drop-dead gorgeous. So I tell her all the time, she has an emotional
1: disorder, <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: but no, but she feels that way. She, she struggles with that. And uh, her mom said, well, people are attracted to people who smile. Now, if you know my wife, she has a great smile. It's one of her first qualities. People are very attracted to her right off the bat because she has such a great smile. Now you know me, I, I, I have to practice, I had to teach myself how to smile. And I'm not lying. I work out Sunday morning and I often stare at the gym and I'm not looking at the muscles, I'm looking at, I'm trying to smile. I'm like how do you, I don't smile very easily. It's just a thing. I'm Italian, it's what happens. <laughs> Other people have great smiles, us Italians, Joe, it's a difficulty for us, right? I mean, what can we do? We got this, though. We got this. <laughs> you know, when we become, or we act, or we really dive in, I don't know the right way to say this, we, we, we embrace being member-supported. It's, it's the smile on the church. It's what attracts people to the church. I like to think about it like this. I think God is in heaven and he looks around at fellowships of believers and he looks for the ones that are trying to do it together. He looks for the ones that are devoted, awestruck, have a common vision, increase their generosity, good relationships that are vocal about their faith and he sees a smile on that fellowship and then he begins to bring people there. It's like, like no different than we do as parents. We've got, you know, you've got the one good kid, you've got the other bad kid, right? You always want your friends to meet the good kid, at least first. I'm kidding. That's a joke. It's okay. But you understand my point. I think God looks around. There's a lot of churches out there, and they're not really doing this. They're not really invested like this. And what is God going to do? Does he want to bring people to a place that's not member supported, that's not devoted in doing all of these things and active in this way? I think so. I think he wants to bring people to the place that's smiling. smile. Right. The place that attracts people. I don't know how many people God will attract to see me church, but my prayer is that we can be a church that is attractive to them. And that means we've got to become truly member supported even more than we are now. I believe this is a wonderful church. Like I said, I've never, I never wake up going, I don't want to go to church. I like coming to church here because I feel connected. I feel like I'm a part of something and we're doing this together. And I'm so grateful for every person here and in every way you bring something to the table. All I'm asking us to do is let's just keep going. Let's go even further and let's truly become a member supported fellowship by people like me. I want you to stand. We're going to close out and we're going to say our final thoughts here. And What I'm going to ask you to do is just recite the belief statement with me. Or I guess after me. At Seamie Church we believe the Bible is the best source of truth in our world today. At Church we believe the Bible is the Lord, we Jesus Lord who, lived life, who lived a sinless life, died on a cross, died on a cross and, rose to life again. and rose to life again. It is in this belief that we do everything. It
1: is in this belief that we, do
0: everything. we are a member-supported fellowship by people like me.
1: We are members
0: Let's make that a reality in 2020 in Simi Church. I want to remind you that next week I'm going to be tackling our mission statement. Love God and love neighbor. I hope you will come back. And I hope you will keep coming back and make Simi Church your church, your family church, and your neighbor's church. Let's close out with a word of prayer and then enjoy your Sunday. Father, thank you so much for giving us such a great fellowship here and giving us a blueprint, a template that we can start with, that we can, we can use as a, as a foundation to build your church even in the 21st century yes, here in Simi Valley. Please bless the efforts, multiply the results. It's in Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen. Amen. Have a great Sunday. If you got pain, he's a pain taker If you feel
2: lost, he's a way maker If you need freedom, save savior, He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains, he's a chain breaker We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run to things we know just ain't right. And there's a better life. There's a better life. And you got pain. He's a pain. Take. ¡Gracias! Feel it. somebody testify If you've been leaving